Hello and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and with me as always is my dear friend Sarah. How are you, Sarah? I'm good. Oh, the classics have started. Indeed. The classics have started. The classics have started. We're now classical Sarah and classical Dan. <laughs> or are we cobbly Sarah and cobbly Dan? I mean... Classical. No, because not all classics have cobbles, Daniel, as no, we shall ones, find out in Stride ones, Bianchi. These ones that we've had so far have. So, you know. Huh. Hmm. 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 Because Stride Bianchi will be next week and we'll be you know, um, crushed sand or whatever, you know, terrible crushed analogy sand. we we come up with. Um which we've gone on a really weird tangent really early. I mean even for us, this was this was a bit weird. Um Omloop Van uh Het Newsblad was on on the weekend, as was the Omloop Van Het Hageland. Yes, and listen into dams yesterday. And oh, it's it's oh, it's classics, Dan. It's yep. it, I was at I was at Omnipet Noiseblad, and it's it's really interesting because it's it's like the beginning of term. Well, you know when you're like at school and you say you're 15 years old or something, and you're coming back to school on like the first day of term, and and yeah. and you just and, well, and, and everyone's and kind of like. We've talked about this a little bit over the last couple of weeks in that this year's been a little bit weird with the absence of the Tour of Qatar because we've had this larger than normal gap between the Australian races and this first European race of the the season. And so it is, it's a little bit more like, you know, everyone bumped into the, their friends who travel to the same holiday park for the Australian races. I'm like, oh, hey, fancy <laughs> meeting you here. Let's go ride a bike. And and then, you know, six weeks later, everyone's back from holidays. And like you say, first day of term. And it's like, oh, right. Oh, your school's changed their uniform, I see. You know? And... Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, first day of school. Oh, look, they've all got different haircuts. And yeah. who's dating who now? And <laughs> and uh, who's talking to who over the whole... Oh, who's falling out with who over the summer holidays? That kind of thing. It's it's kind of exciting. It's a... It's a... It's, it's, it's a very... It's strange because in the classics, you don't get the, you know, when you go to a road race in the summer and there's lots of riders walking around in the classics, the kind of clever riders stay out of the cold. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, you know, you try this, so you don't kind of see so many of them, uh, you know, milling around and meander, you know, milling around before the start and stuff, which is, which is, you know, understandable. But no frozen eyeballs this year because it's a lot, 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 than right, it has been right. in some previous years. I, I think that was a subtle comment on climate change. Maybe not. Um, but oh, God. Anyway. Oh, don't. So either way, the point is that we we had um, some quite dynamic and very exciting racing, uh, which, of course, we knew was coming, but it was um, it was really interesting and fun to, to actually see it play out. So Yeah. yeah. And which team... I mean, so, the, so we talked about this a little bit last year, but the first weekend of the Classics is especially without Qatar. I mean, so Qatar not being there, on the one hand, doesn't make a difference to the teams because, you know, it's a weird race that you don't train for. You know, no one goes into Qatar um, having trained especially for it. So you have the the Australians come with... Um, with with the Australian yeah. racing in their legs and the the track riders come with with track riding in their legs, but you know it's like if someone if a team if a team doesn't do very well in Qatar, it doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, like no one's hung up and gone, oh, that's our season ruined or anything like that. But at the same time, for for those of us watching along at home, it used to provide a, a reasonably handy indication as to who may be 
uh, building up their form to make a big assault on the classics, um, and yeah. particularly the early classics, you know, and there were hints yeah. in that. Um, so it was, it did add sort of a layer of, of um, you know, mystery to, to what was going to happen on this weekend because yeah. on paper there's a huge number of writers who um, have every right to be considered in the running for, for this sort of a race, you know, so the question becomes who's actually targeting it, who's, who's ready yes. to go now. Yeah, you know. and there are some teams that definitely weren't targeting it, and there are some riders because the the omelet pet noise blood, it's in it's on the Flandrian climbs and hills and cobbles, so they're not. It's not. It's a very. It's got very similar racing uh, obstacles, if you like, to the to Flanders. Yeah, there's going to so be, be parts of it. Exactly, there's going to be parts of it that will come back again in you know a month's time and will be you know an important part of Flanders as well. Not just not just in it, but an important part of it. And so you know there is a fair bit of um, uh, opportunity for riders to test themselves against those sectors and and get a gauge of where they're at and where they need to get to and all that sort of stuff. And and so it was interesting to see you know and get a glimpse of who is who, who was racing with that in mind and who was racing. Um, with that in mind, but had their form a little bit ahead of where you know yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. maybe wanted because, to be, yes. and who because had Flanders, yeah, because Flanders is in a month's time, right? So you've got Flanders on the second of April, mm. and then we've got for the then we've got um, after then we've got the um, Health Aging Tour, but uh, the amazing Ardennes Classics, which is the hilly classics, uh, happen in the middle of the middle of April. Um, so you have. Uh, um, the, the Amstel Gold on the 16th of April, Flesh Wallon on the 19th, and then Liège Baston Liège on the 23rd of April. So if you're a climber who's targeting the classics, you're not going to be, you, you don't want to be, like your Cassian Newadoma, for example, mm. isn't going to be on, on bang on top form. Not. However, next weekend is Strade Bianchi. So we go, let's just give you a little rundown of the classics because the World Tour starts on Saturday with Strade Bianchi. Then the Saturday following, it's the Ronde van Drenthe. Um, with uh, Trofeo Binder the week after that. Then you have uh, the, the week after that, Gent with Elgem, um, which is Cobbley Classics again. Then you have the week after that, Ronde van Vlaanderen, which is Cobbley Classics mm. too. So Binder, so the, the, the priorities there is, did I say Binder? I must have said Binder. Um, so you have that, uh, um, you know, you have this this kind of, this these weeks of races and different riders are going to be targeting different different ones so yeah yeah it's but you've also got so it's the first time to see some of these teams rock up differently and how are they doing will balls dolmans win 40 uci world yeah races again will will wiggle high five have got it together after their kind of fairly disastrous classic season last last year will the riders like kirsten field and yoli dora who are the um who who were you know who didn't really race the classics properly last year because they were in full full on track mode? What will they be like? Yeah. What are new teams, new formatted teams like the rider? You know, re- new new riders in Silence, new riders in Sunweb. What what's going to happen? Yeah. What's going to happen? You know, what what's about you know the, the much depleted WM three? You know, Rabo yep. Live as was. 
And and I think this is the thing is that we came into this weekend and there were just so many open questions, um, which you know it makes it really exciting because you, you're literally coming into the race and and sort of you know not sure exactly what's going to happen and and you know the whole thing's wide open, so it makes it really interesting. I think it also makes it very dynamic for everyone on the road because we all sort of know you know roughly there or thereabouts who could be contending and who we're wanting to pay attention to, but tactics on the road have to be a certain amount of uh, have to have a certain amount of flexibility beyond perhaps what they might normally have um you know in two weeks time once the pelotons had a, had a few races under itself yeah. and had time to sort out and we know who's actually going strong now and who's holding off for later and stuff like that you know um, yeah. yeah, and it's and it's happened. And the thing is, is what this opening week we what the opening three races gave us was exactly that. You know, they were really, really exciting. They gave us mm. fun, excited, excitement, dynamic racing, just glorious. They gave us everything we wanted, really. But I had such a good time following these races. And I'm a bad time, too, because it is very frustrating that we're in 2017. And, you know, there's the, the coverage from Noiseblad was really depressing. I was there. Mm. And it was it's wonderful on the one hand. And, you know, you're kind of so excited to be there. And, you know, I got taken. So I got taken around by Steve Fry, who runs the M2 Sports Management Company. I didn't um, know I, that famous broadcaster Stephen Fry was such a fan of women's cycling but that's awesome it's a different steve fry and um yeah and we we kind of had the so so we kind of we did that thing i've never done this before i've done it with a race organizer before where you um at at last year's energy water tour for example in one of the laps i went around with tice van tice 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 uh to you know we'd go to the we'd we'd go to the to, to, to some corners to basically stand and wave flags nice but it's like, different when you're going to classical climbs of, of like, the... Like signal flags or... Yeah, signal flags. Um, like, you know, don't go down here, that kind of thing. Yeah, typhoid on this ship, plague, warnings, that sort of thing. That sort um, of thing, exactly, you know. Yeah, 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 no, standard sort of stuff. Uh, did you get your Jolly Roger out at any point or...? No. Still talking about flags, of course. I have no idea what else a Jolly Roger could be, <laughs> and it's probably best it's not. <laughs> I'm innocent. <laughs> That's an even more outrageous statement. Anyway, um, yes. So, um, well, okay. So it was fun but frustrating being roadside because, you know, um, coverage is not yet at what we would call an optimal state. No, and it's and it's frustrating because when you're standing at the finish line, I mean, it's one of those things where Flanders Classics doesn't send someone out in the team car to do their live tweeting. You know, and so you're standing at the finish line. I got to the finish line with 20k to go, yep. and you can hear updates in Flemish mm-hmm. on the loudspeakers. And some of the things I could understand, and I could put onto the onto Twitter. You know, I can understand some Flemish words, but I can't understand. You know, I'm not fluent in Flemish, much as I think I am after the cyclocross season finishes. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yet fluent in Flemish. Right. So. It's kind of very frustrating when you know that there's updates because you could hear them in another language, but they're not getting onto the onto the finish. So, and it was such an exciting race. So, for people who don't know um, the Ronde van Vlaanderen, uh, the, the Omloop Het Noisblad, you start off as a um, it's it's a 
It's a loop race that starts and finishes in Ghent. The women don't don't start in exactly the same place. They start at the Eddie Merckx Velodrome outside, uh, away from where the men, you know, where where from the men's setup is. But basically, they go um, south south uh, west ish. Uh, go all the way down to the kilometer uh, 57 to, to to like it's a 124 kilometer race yeah? yeah they go down to 57 kilometers so you know more or less halfway and then they start heading back north again so they've gone past Aldenada they're level with Runza and then, and then they kind of head a back couple of loops doesn't it well no 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 it's it's a it's just a, it's a circuit and they have eight climbs and six separate se- sections of cobbles but the first climb is at uh, just is is at um, 28 kilometers. Then the second climb, Tiegenberg, is at 43 kilometers. And then after Tiegenberg, they come really thick and fast. So you go Tiegenberg, 10, 10k later, Kluisberg, uh, 8k later, Cote de Trio, 3k later, Paxburg, uh, 5k later, Cortequier, um, 7k later, La Duz, uh, 3k later Wolvenberg and then 10k later Mollenberg yeah yep and so they kind of so they all kind of cluster together because this is the because this part is the Tour of Flanders the Ronde van Vlaanderen territory yep but what last climb is at 89 kilometers yeah right so and still a bit of distance to cover yeah and the big cobbled sections all start are from like 79 so basically when you go from Wolvenberg the penultimate climb you have three sections of cob- cobbles between Wolfenberg and Mollenberg, and then you have three more sec- the, the, Then you have the Paderstrat, so the Lippenhovenstrat, and the Langermunter are all within 10 kilometres. And after that, you have uh, 21 kilometres. Uh, no, 30. I can't count. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so rubbish. <laughs> they have 21 kilometres like, run in with. With with no with no obstacles, yeah, and it's yep. a pretty flat run. You you're running in running in up the valley. Now the other thing you need to know about these climbs is they're on the they're on this they're on a ridge. So when you're driving around, you can't necessarily see epic climbs. It looks very much like British countryside if you're you know, British southern countryside if you have, have been there. And it's and the the climbs are all along the same ridge, so you're kind of going up and down the ridge. But the key, 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 key thing is that the lanes are very narrow. Like, so they're like one car, one car wide. And the Paterberg is like three meters across. Yep. And they have um, sharper than 90 degree angles going into them. And so the Cote de Trio, it's not so much, you want to be, you don't want to, it's not about racing up the Cote de Trio. It's about getting to the bottom of the Cote de Trio first so that you can then, because the, the, the run down the Cote de Trio is very, very technical and, and fast, and it has a sharp corner going into Paterberg, and then, so it's, it's yeah. not... And you don't want to get... Yeah, because the peloton naturally narrows even further to, to navigate a, a turn like that, and so you don't want to get caught out of position trying to get through that turn. I mean, we've literally heard from riders in, in previous editions who, you know, point to that sort of situation as exactly why they dropped out and, you know, missed the top 10 of the race, um, you know, because, yeah, because, because of that sort of positioning. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right. The other thing is, of course, that when you're navigating a turn like that leading into something like the Paderberg, it also means that instead of rolling along at the 35-odd K an hour that you were on the, the flat and straight, you, you're now down to 10K an hour and have to build speed back up to attack the climb, which means you know, you're starting from a much 
much weaker position with much less momentum behind you. And then you're digging into these nasty, nasty cobbles that uh, oh, just yeah. rattle your bones. And yeah. yeah. And it's it's really weird to be there because you you stand on the side of the hill and you're looking and you can see behind you you're on the Paterberg and you can see like if you turn behind you, you can see the road they're going to come down mm. and the first thing that comes through is the primary car who's this Rodania Rodania which is the sound of classics in belgium i've never heard it before because i've never been to i've never been out on the road like that but it's rodania is a is a watchmaker and for like that it's like this famous thing that they just this this terrible earwormy thing that comes into your head so you start off in okay we're going to go see them at this corner in this town because steve had done his homework and knew exactly where he wanted to see the race from um and you go from to this corner and you park your car down the road pointing in the right direction and you know making sure you're not going to get caught behind the race always park for a clean getaway it's it's yeah park you park so it's better to park further down the road and then you kind of go to the corner and it comes through rod and then the peloton comes past you and they're loud and they're noisy because they're coming through a corner it's clattery 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 and you watch them and you cheer and in the beginning of the race demi uh, demi droits uh, one of the one of the droit sisters there are four droit sisters and they all cycle for sport flander and ethics guildor not confusing um, like, at all they're the von trapp family of um cycling of, of flandrian cycling so Demi Droitz has escaped early, so she comes through first, and then the peloton comes in, and you have that thing where you're trying to see who's there, who's there, who's there, who's there, who's there, who did you see, what helmet did you see, and it's interesting because it's the first race of the season, so my eye wasn't quite yeah, in for yeah, and you're not used to the kits yet, and also yes, most exactly. importantly, most importantly, you're not used to who's rocking which helmet hairstyle, like. <laughs> Exactly. It's like who's got the bun, who's got the ponytail, who you know, who's cut their hair short this year. Like it, it's brutal trying to identify riders at this point in the season. Yes, yes, and so and then what you do is you then everyone runs back to their cars and you're running down the road like if you're stupid like me you haven't actually judged your trousers properly so your trousers are falling down so you're running <laughs> holding up your trousers. Honestly, and you're running with, like, honestly thought slash hope that you were going to say you wore heels <laughs> <laughs> no you just, run back to just, the car just my the, life. The, the picture of you running through belgian meadows in heels to get to a car was just perfect <laughs> no, you you run you run back to your car and then you kind of jump in the car and you head off to the next point. And the next point is, okay, right, we're going to park here. We're going to go start from the bottom of the Paterberg. Um, and we're pointing, you know, the car's got to be three-point turn, car's pointing in the right direction for a quick getaway. Let's get up the Paterberg. And the Paterberg is really super smooth cobbles. Mm. Um, like, and it's and it's got this ditch down the side that all the riders want to get into. So at this point, um, Demi Droitz had been caught um, on the first. She she'd made it over the first climb, climb by herself, but she'd been caught uh, before the Cote de Trio. So on Paterberg, we're standing like about a third of the way up, and the peloton come past you, and they're so quiet. Like the begin, the front of it is so quiet. Normally you like, have the rattle, the roar of it, but they're so quiet. They're just like the sound of them breathing. And Chantal Black in front of us just had this little tiny bike problem, had to come to a stop. And that's why you want to be at the front first. Mm. Because, you know, and, and it's funny because you see a rider who you recognize, oh, go Elisa. But like 
you're kind of it takes like that little bit of a yeah. moment to have it to <laughs> by, have it go. By the time you're yelling it, you're hoping a teammate hears it and relays the message to her. Yeah, her yeah, own. exactly, exactly. Like, and and you're like, you know, and you can't, and you and you know, because you're like, oh, who's that? That's them. That's them. They're gone. And the difference between the fronts, where they're all absolutely on it, mm. like rah, because on the Paterberg is where the first, you know, where the first break formed. And, you know, so you can see, like, Chantal Black kind of had to, you know, her, she had a little tiny, you know, she had a little tiny bike problem. She came to a stop. She's like, ah, oh, damn it. Like, go, Chantal, get going. Um, and as the kind of less good riders come up, there's more noises and panting and kind of, like, uh, riders looking, you know, and it's broken up already. Yeah, yeah. And then she had, um, so I'm going around with Steve Fry and with uh, with Matt with Matt Rowe, who's um, Danny King's partner and a former British cycling cyclist himself. and. Uh-huh. Uh, still, still rides, but not at the same top level. And, and so, of course, all the British riders know Matt. So we pass um, Lucy Garner, who'd had a puncture on the Cota Trio. Like, oh, I had a puncture! I had a puncture! <laughs> <laughs> you know, go on, Lucy, you can do it! Go, 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 go! And, yeah, and then you kind of leap back in the car and run, you know, run to the car and, and shoot off. And, and then you have the problem that the, 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 the team cars aren't allowed up the Paterberg. Right. So the team cars divert. So you yeah, kind of have yeah. looked where the road, where the race is going. But shit, shit, we're being held up. So you drive around to get to the Wolvenberg and see, you know, kind of see. You run. You're like, get, oh, quick, quick, run down the road. Run down the road to try and get as high up the Wolvenberg as possible for the riders to come past. And it's, it's, it's really good fun seeing it. And then you kind of leap in the car and drive back to Hent and, you know, to see, to see the finish. To catch the finish. Cool. So in and around all of that, like the race within the race, what actually happened in the race? <laughs> so it wasn't a bad day. It was like a windy day, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a, it wasn't, it wasn't a full a on rainy pseudo winter, you know, sleep. No, hail, no, you know, no frozen eyeballs, yeah. which is the most important thing. Cause you know, we don't want riders to have to go to hospital and things like that. It's, it's, it's quite a bad, it's quite a bad thing. So, on the Paterberg, the first the first break, uh, I can't speak <laughs> <laughs> about it. It's so ridiculous, isn't it? You kind of well, you kind of get really excited in it. Have you got the results next to you, or shall I, I do know, this? I've got, I've got results, but you know, let's let's go. So the first first sort of well, like the very very first early break, as you said, was Demi Dreitz. Um, you know, she was caught on the Kloisberg. Um, and, and basically, and this was, and this is something that no one is really worried about because because everyone knows that the real race isn't going to start until that quote the trio Paterberg. Yeah, exactly that that, that one two you know um, yeah, punch. It's not combination. So, so I mean, so it's not really. I mean, you know, oh, you know, oh, poor Demi. Like there has to be some sacrificial lamb going well, out there. For the chase. Well, it's and not... to be fair, it's a nice it's a nice way to animate the race. It's a nice. Um, bit of exposure for for the team but also it does actually help her team potentially in that when she's inevitably caught because that's the thing is you don't know what's going to happen in the main race behind you so if someone else breaks away and comes across to you you might find yourself in a group of six yeah 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 yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah be the one yeah. who can hang on you know like yeah. that's the thing it's you know it's not a bad move on her part but at the same time as you say like the main peloton the big contenders aren't going to be frightened by it so anyway oh. long story short she was caught um, so then Ellen Van Dyke and Elisa Longo-Borghini took off together. Now, that was a move that was exciting to me because you may recall last week, Elisa was like my dark horse kind of would hope slash love it if she she won. So, yes. you know, 
Um, and I was and, and I was very very excited about the Lucinda Brand Ellen Van Dyke classics pairing. Yeah, that absolutely. we got that we got web. So this was this was pretty much this was pretty much Sarah and Dan happiness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then to make it even even better or more exciting, um, Chantal Black and Lucinda Brand were able to bridge up to them with Anamique Van Vlerten and Spratty for Orica Scott um, finally catching on as well. So now we've got a group of well, basically, you know, that's a who's who of, of contenders there, isn't it? But in some spectacular combinations you know you've got two yes, and, two orica you know um a bowls dolmens and um well when they were being chased when they were being chased when it was ellen van dyke and um Elisa. and lisa there was lucinda brand chantal black and lotta kopecky were originally chasing and lotta kopecky i'm amazed by she rides for lotto um she's a very young rider um but last week she was in cali uh, in in yeah, in Colombia, winning yeah. winning the Omnium, so it was Lucinda Brand and Chantal Black and Lotta Kopecky, and they were joined by Van Vluten and, and and Spratt. But of course, Lucinda Brand isn't there to chase because Lucinda Brand is Alan Van Dyke's teammate. Yep. So and Chantal Black had had that problem on the Paterberg, you know, like yeah, so, so yeah. she'd she'd lost a lot of she'd lost a lot of position, like trying to get trying to get there. So it's it's kind of. Yeah, so it's, great effort it? to, to get back and get there. So yeah. it gave so us a really dynamic sun- group. Exactly. Yeah, so you've got two Sunweb in Van Dyke and Brand. Elisa Longo Borghini from uh, Wiggle, Wiggle High Five. Five. Chantal Black from Balls Dolmans, who, of course, won last year. Lotta Kopecky from Lotto, who didn't last very long. And Spratty and Van Vluten for Orica the... Scott. Now... Ellen and Elisa had made it a long way. Mm. Like they, they, they made it a long way before they were actually before they were actually caught. They made it through all the rest of those hills. They made it over all the cobbles together. Well, most of the cobbles together, and it was roughly around thirty kilometers to go that they were actually caught by that yeah. by, by by the rest of the group. And what I really want to see is what happened because when you're watching it on Twitter. You hear that it's the two riders ahead, and it's uh, Lucinda Brand, Chantal Black, Annemiek van Vluten, and Spratty. And suddenly, Brand and Black have got up to the front. Yeah, and dropping the two Oracles. I mean, Paul Lotta Kopecky was dropped um, was dropped before yeah. this, but you know, yeah. I mean, she's a, she's in track form. I mean, yeah. if you have her in your yeah, virtual yeah, director's exactly. like, team, I you're mean... You know, you're bloody happy that she's at the front end of the race at all, to be honest. Yeah, and and it and it kind of says some interesting things about later in the season. Yeah. Um, remember, she was out solo in the Olympics mm, and mm. Um, yeah. in the Olympic road race, and that girl, I you know, I think maybe you know, is she going to be the next Yoni Dora? Well, I think a lot of it for her is really going to come down to finding the right races for her. But you know, that's a that's a separate conversation. I think to yeah. have in, in so, weeks. But yeah, so so, so, so this, the idea of brand and black information gap, which just kills me, and I, this is why I echo your frustration about the lack of coverage, because like we know we know you know part A and we know part C, and there's this just like the this scene missing in the middle, where, which yeah. which is which is while it doesn't prevents us from knowing the results prevents us from knowing what the fuck went on <laughs> yeah i mean how did how did how did how did black and brand get away from yeah get away from van vluten and Spratt? yeah and you know was it i okay here's what i guess i guess that there was a lot more attacking in that little group than 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 they said on twitter because the trouble is is 
is by the time it, you know by the time race radio decides so race radio has to decide is this important enough to report on yeah? yeah and by the time they do that and report it it first of all goes to the commissaire's race radio and then it goes and then and then it's announced to everyone's race radio yeah yeah and yeah. so in my experience by the time they've you know it can go on one and then by the time you've actually said it the, yeah, the it's, it's been changed exactly and yeah and i get and, that that's that's tricky i mean and again that's also part of why i would prefer greatly to have video because i'd just like to be able to see it for myself because the other part of it for me that's hard is when you look at the final results the time splits also tell you that you know some other shit went on and yes yes and, and especially at the back and that's the other thing yeah. is that the race race radio focuses on the front for the action and on the back for things like our oh, rider so-and-so needs her car but at that point if you're balls dolmans for example and you've got chantelle black in the chase group uh, you know your rider behind has an has a has a has a problem then she's got to be dealt with by the neutral service car because you've only got one yeah. car in the race so you know so you don't really care um not that you don't really care but well you know, no it's, but it's... i mean like take the bowls example then you've got chantelle black in the front and say megan guanier who is your you know one of your arguable superstars who while not necessarily targeting this race is someone that you know the team would normally be looking out for has a mechanical then yeah like it's exactly that kind of stuff but yeah yeah and you just so so i guess that what happened is that black made a break for freedom and brand followed her and van Vluten and Spratt didn't and i reckon i would guess that Spratt did a lot of work dragging anamik back up to that group because because they then caught them so we now have five riders coming into the finish two from sunweb two from orica um sorry six even uh one from wiggle and one from bowls and apparently they 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 basically they're right they're doing that thing where you ride together you're testing each other out you're seeing what happens and then they start to attack yep and somewhere around there um we we find and this is why i support your theory that um that spratty drops off a little bit um so i totally agree that that she must have expended quite a bit of an effort to drag that that um attack back um and yeah so so we're now left with the five five riders and at this point ellen van dyke tries a couple of attacks Lucinda Brand tries a couple of attacks. They've got two riders up there. They're in the pole position. They're in the best position. They know that out of that group, Van Vluten's got a very fast finish, and um, but the fastest sprinter is probably Chantal Blanc out of that group. Yeah. So you want to drop Chantal. Um, although Lucinda Brand is also very very fast, but she's her speciality is technical finishes. So they, you know, and so for Elisa Longo Borghini, she doesn't want to come to a sprint. She's yeah. probably the least good, the least good sprinter. There. So she, I think, she had a couple of attacks, but they then end up with the two Sunwebs doing that thing of right. We've got two cards to play. Let's just try it. So I think yeah. it was Ellen attacking Court, Ellen attacking Lucinda Brand attacking Court, Lucinda Brand attacking and getting away at five k to go. Now I am guessing that what happened is they hit some technical section because Lucinda Brand is extraordinary through corners and through technical sections. So I'm guessing that they hit some technical corner where Lucinda Brand attacked and got away there because that's that's what I that's that's what I would I mean well, but you know again the most this logical up. thing but again you know and this is the frustration is we don't actually know and that's that's you know this is this is 
uh, I mean, you know, not to get super negative and complain heaps or anything, but like uh, we know that this race is exciting because of the information that we do have. That's what makes the information we don't have so much more frustrating. Yeah, but but on the other hand, what is interesting is that the race that's taken place in my head <laughs> <laughs> is is extraordinary. You know, so in my head. They hit some technical corner and Lucinda Brown did this extraordinary feat of technical riding. You know, she went through it faster than everyone else. Everyone else had to put, touch their brakes. She just attacked and she got away. Um, she's riding in solo to the finish and she makes it those five kilometers by herself. She's won the first real race of the season in for her new team she's had an extraordinary cyclocross season she's just come off the back of being really really good on the cross her first you know her first real bash is a cross season um and she's ridden cross before but this was her first you know her first podium in a world cup was ah, i guess a month you know within that within that within the last month and well month and a bit six weeks and lucinda brand has won solo for sunweb which a fantastic result i'm sure sunweb are over the moon to to have one not just one clearly but one you know with a solo play out almost a a textbook victory in that regard uh chantal black led in the the small sprint for the minor placings and took second that's her third podium at this race so 15 seconds behind adamic van vlerten for orica scott was in third ellen was in fourth and elisa came in fifth spratty was a further 13 seconds behind them for sixth so yeah 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 yeah, and uh, the, and then you have the bunch seventh place. Yoni Dora bringing up bringing up the bunch one minute and forty seven seconds behind uh, uh, Lucinda Brand with Shayla Gutierrez and Danny King both from Silence eighth and ninth, and Gracie Elvin another Orica for tenth, and Lotta Kopecky in eleventh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, all around, you know, I, I I'm gonna um, put it out there because particularly in in light of some of my previous comments about tactics and whatnot um three top 10 finishes in the first cobble classic of the season is pretty bloody good showing for orica yeah yeah i am not saying they got the best result that was on the on offer to them i'm just saying you know for orica that's that's not shabby at all no 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 it's it's not shabby and and it's it's i mean obviously sunweb get the huge prize mm. for being um somewhere somewhere win that win that win that prize they raced beautifully but also at elisa longo borghini this isn't a race that she's targeting you no. know this isn't one of her targets but the way that elisa climbed and the way that ellen van dyke climbed they must be very happy with themselves well and see this is the thing that's in the back of my head i mean like i said when the break when they went out together i was excited you know in the in that way that you know it probably won't work out but it might <laughs> you know well but, but at the same time, this voice in the back of my head kept going, it's a month to Flanders. It's only a month to Flanders. Yeah. Well, <laughs> also, but I think Elisa, before Flanders, Strade Bianchi. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good Lord. Before oh. we start talking about races coming up, <laughs> we should probably finish talking about races that have already happened, though. Oh. Yeah, so Sunday, Sunday was Omelette van Hageland, and this one was streamed live in its entirety. It was last year, the Spa Omelette van Hageland, and it's a it's a small race. Like it's it's not nothing. It's the Tietelt Winger. It's it's also known as, and it's 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 an important race because it's part. You know, it's a season opener. It's basically one for the more sprint 
sprinty riders it has a large loop at the beginning with a cobbled climb and then it has you know there's a little bit of a climb in it but it's yeah. it's kind of won by bunch sprints or small groups and it's Flandrian again 126 kilometers and it's been around it's been around since 2007 emma johansson won it a couple of times uh lizzie danen lizzie amitstead won yep. it a couple of times uh Marta Bastieni won last year, Yolin Dora in 2015. But, you know, it's it's kind of a... it It's it's an interesting race. It's not the most important race, but it is the first time that a lot of teams got their sprint iterations together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look at who... And, and that's that's the thing that it's like, you know, in, in and of itself, it's not the biggest race or the most prestigious of, of races. But, like you say, it is one of those races that sort of... Um, becomes important again to more for that glimpse of of who is where in terms of a slightly different style of rider as opposed to your your typical classics rider like you say it's a much more sprinty kind of race um and it is interesting to see you know who um is slightly more an all-rounder but with a slight specialization towards sprinting who we we you know, saw be active in uh, Het Newsblad and and then be again at the front end of, of Hageland. So, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because it's not... So you saw a lot of teams where some riders rode both. Uh, you know, you have your Yolene Doras, your Elisa Longo-Borghini's, your Ellen Van Dykes uh, are riding both. But then they kind of... The, the teams give other riders a chance. And that's nice. I really like the fact that, that diff- this, this week there have been different iterations of teams. Yeah. Of the, of the teams that can do this out on the road and that's that's lovely you know you get to see a lot of riders and and i mean the sprint riders would probably have been hitting up qatar but it's it, in, in in previous years but again this is this is a nice chance to see it so we're in flandrian racing the weather's a bit bad it's all streamed live by the motor media team and last year it had a kind of comedy um no voiceover no commentating like yeah. just bad belgian pop music and you know uh, but what makes it fantastic is that it has race graphics yeah, yeah and i can't stress enough how important race graphics are because you always know where you are because you've got the gps ticker in the top corner counting down to how many time and, you know how many like, kilometers they've got to go this is the thing like a hundred percent hand on my heart if you ask me if i could only have one commentary or graphics i'd take the graphics every time yeah and it means that when riders get into a break uh you know obviously we can try and work it out on the on the screen and that's fun to do um you know, I think I can now just about understand that Ellen Van Dyke is riding in white and black rather than orange. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and and but it also has you know, it tells them where it tells you where they are in the course, so it'll just flash up. Oh yeah, they're on the climb. They're on the climb on the lap now. You know, and that's how many laps to go. So if you you know were going out riding and came back in, you knew exactly where you were. Hurrah! Yeah. Hurrah yeah. for the motor media team, and you can watch it all again on the live stream. So yeah, it's. Yeah, and it's... so I mean, it, it was it was much as expected in terms of what this race was. We, you know, did the big loop out, the couple of circuits, and you know, um, it, it winnowed down a little, but we wound up with a, a small bunch sprint. Yes, but in the but in between, there was lots of other things happen because they had um a, 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 the most significant break of the day had Ellen Van Dyke, Elisa Longo-Borghini. Amy Peters from Bowles Dolmans, uh, Shayla Gutierrez-Ruth from Silence, Hannah Barnes from Canyon Stram, Yannicka Ensing and Amanda Spratt kind of joined on, joined on to them. Yeah. Uh, so, they, so they start off with this group of five 
and then they end up as a group of seven and they're kind of hitting it out and they look like they might get away but they're but you know obviously the sprint teams there's some big teams that miss that break yes like you and, and both and the, the key team that missed the breaks all weekend was wm3 yeah which i mean to be fair isn't entirely unexpected when you look at their roster Yes, but yes, yes, it isn't entirely unexpected, but it's still, I don't know, it's still its still one of those things where you're like, ah, a lot of big teams, so when you look at Noiseblad, both times Oracle missed the break, but then then, then sent someone to catch it. Yeah. In, in Noiseblad, it was Canyon Shram and WM3, uh, and Silence missed that big break. In Hargeland, it's only really WM3 and... Uh, you know your sprint teams like Ale that's missed that that's missed that break, so you're you're kind of like um, oh this is this is interesting oh no sorry Annika Ensing is Ale Chaplini sorry I'm sorry um, it's 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 you know it, it's a big it's you know it's a break break of um, seven riders from seven big from seven seven big teams yeah and there's no and they are all the big te- they are all the big teams there you know it's it's yeah and this is an interesting thing too because these races have a very 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 big field yeah well I think and- there'd be They've been adroits getting out early again and Van Hagland <laughs> again this time. I think it was Jesse. I think it was Jesse Droits this this time. I have, but, a, feeling, yeah, it, I have a feeling we're going to say that a lot this year. Well, <laughs> you always there, need was... one team that does those early escapes. Well, and, yeah, you know, yeah, but I mean, I think this is going to be the year that it's not just one team; it's one family. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and what happened this race? There was a droits out front. Oh, <laughs> uh, which one? Don't know. Don't care. Yeah, no. No, we we would pretend to care. Droids family, we would. Yes, yes. They're, they're, I mean, they're, they're, it's a small, de- it's a very small development team, Sport yeah. of Landron, and it's and it's literally built around one family. So, you know, it's it's good on them, good on yeah, them for getting exactly. out and doing it. It's just it's just equally absolutely. I mean, what's going to happen is I'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. There's a droids out. Damn it, she's won. <laughs> Which would be great. So you know, because all of those all those attacks will have paid off. So anyway, um, um, yeah, what happened, or do we know what happened to to sort of bring that back together, that group? So of they're seven? they're being chased. So they're being chased down, and they get to because you know the sprint teams are on the front, yep. and out of that team, everyone in that team has a major sprinter behind them. Mm. So it's just as it was very interesting when you know when Lucinda Brand was was chasing home in in Noiseblatt, of course it's like Elisa Longo Borghini and Chantal Black and Annemiek van Vleursen chasing. But, you know, when Ellen van Dyke takes her turn on the front, <laughs> <laughs> she's not exactly going full gas. And in this and in this case, it's like, it was very interesting because none of those riders, e- e- each of those teams in the front had got... They'd been, uh, earlier on in the race, there'd been a break with um, Corin Rivera and Ellen van Dyke and Elisa Longo-Borghini and and Hannah Barnes and it'd been it'd been right quite interesting because you you wonder are these riders going for the sprint or are they going for the or are they going for the um or 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 are they or are they are they riding for themselves or are they riding for the you know riding for the sprinters because if you're already Salongo Bulgini you've got Flandrian Yoling Dora behind you you know if yeah. you're Ellen Van Dyke you've got Corin Rivera and and Lucinda Brands, if you're Amy Peters, you've got Amelie Diederikson and Christina Mayurus. So they come to the they come to the last you know to the last kilometres, and as they're caught, Elisa Longo Borghini goes, you know what? I could ride together for the last under 10k into the finish, or I could just attack. <laughs> Which and is so so unlike Elisa. 
she who has attacked from up to two million kilometers out so yeah yeah it's so unlike elisa and she's racing by herself with yoni dora in the back of in the back of the race who dora who's won this race in 2015 (laughs) and 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 is safely tucked up for a sprint if needed (laughs) yeah um and you can see there's always that interesting thing when you've got a rider who's got like 15 seconds, and especially when you're looking with the foreshortening where it looks like they're just on her shoulder. Yeah. But when do they catch her? Because if they catch her too soon, another rider's going to attack. Yes. And that one might get away. But if you catch her too late, Elisa Molonga Morghini might have won. So it's, <laughs> it's... It is a real devil's, devil's maths, isn't it? Because exactly as you say, like, that's the thing. Like, catch her too early and someone like Ellen Van Dyke goes, oh, that looks like fun. I'll attack. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, exactly. What the fuck? You know? I know, and then they have to chase her down again yeah, because the yeah. thing is, the thing is, so all the when you're riding a bike in a bunch that's a long, uh, uh, you know, for the same. So say you're in a men's style race where there's a break out the road and you're just kind of pulling them back over a hundred kilometers. You're riding at roughly, you know, roughly the same pace, and that is a lot takes up a lot less energy than the women's style racing of. Sp- slowing down and speeding up you know you, you you speed up because someone's attacked so you catch them and then it slows down a bit and then you speed up because someone's attacked and that takes up a lot more energy and it's a lot harder to race it's a lot harder to keep your position so it's it's you know it's kind of you have all these decisions to make on the road but they catch elisa in the last couple of kilometers and it comes to a bunch of sprints and all of elisa's work has paid off because yodin dora wins the race <laughs> There you go. Uh, so Wiggle High Five getting the win and Yolene Dora's uh, second win in three years, 2015 and, and this one. Yeah. Yep. Um, rounding out the placings, we had uh, what turned out to be a pretty solid weekend for Australian riders uh, with Chloe Hosking in second for Ale Cipollini and Sarah Roy in third for Erica Scott. Um, and while we're talking about Aussies, Lauren Kitchen came in at 10th for WM3. So yeah. Let's yeah. go through it. So fourth was Lotta Lepisto from Sabello. Fifth was Lotta Kopecky again from Lotta Sudal. Mm. Sixth was Roxanne Fournier from FDJ. Seventh was Kirsten Veal from Silence. And eighth was Ellen Van Dyke, Sunweb. Ninth, Anne-Marie Diedrichsen from Bowles. Tenth, Lauren Kitchen from the first rider from WM3. Eleventh, Hannah Barnes, Kenya uh, uh, Shram. So really really interesting two sets of top tens because there's some overlap isn't there but there's also yeah. some they're also more they're more different than they are similar yeah yeah exactly like there's a few there's a few that you sort of note but again they're not um uh, what's the right way to say this like like you're not you're not shocked to see them overlapping if you know what i mean yeah the, the overlaps are, you expect yeah. some overlaps but yeah. like you but you but it's nice to see it's not just there's a you know if you have a venn diagram yep of them there's a significant number of teams in both sides you know that that, that have been in the top 10 of one but not on the other like you know it, exactly. and that's really and, and that's... also then even within those teams um even if even if we might have some of the same riders they've clearly played different roles in in each race yeah, yeah. and both of those races were won by incredible teamwork mm. like both so you have ellen van dyke and lucinda brand in the in in het noiseblad elisa longo borghini and yodin dora in Tel in in Hagerland. and both that's ah you know I'm I I love that I really yeah. really really love team tactics I, of course I love a strong rider who breaks away with a you know with a with a with a with a long breakaway but I love team tactics 
in women's in, in men's and women's cycling i love them oh, and i love that kind of let's and i love it i love the kind of rider who races for her who rate who's a superstar in her own right and is racing for her teammates and it's yeah it's it's really that was a good that was a that was a great opening weekend yeah absolutely and i think that was my favorite thing is that we got two really strong highly entertaining but also quite different races uh, back to yeah. back, which is which is a great intro to the 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 classics part of the season. Absolutely. Yeah. So. Then we have Lesamin on Wednesday. Yeah. Which I mean, Lesamin has a men's race and a women's race, and it's like it's frustrating to watch. It's one of those things where you start off with everyone using a different hashtag where you want to murder everyone and oh my god can't you just ask the race organizers what the hashtag is oh my god please and then it's it's now there's a certain style of race updating where i i love swabo swabo ladies do a really good you know they 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 do they they do really good work in updating races but they're the kind of team who update everything that's been said on race radio right Right, so, so basically, it's, so, basically, it's transliteration rather than yeah. Yes. So it's literally rider number hundred and fifty has has has, yep. has 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 dropped off the back of the peloton. Rider number sixty has a puncture at twenty five k. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's 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 like it's a bit. Well, I find it a little bit like exhausting because you have to fish the import. You have to fish what's the important yeah, information yeah, out. It's, of the, it's like the old. Uh, it's the old joke about the helicopter pilot trapped in fog in Seattle, who comes across a. a um, office building and you know people can see him and he grabs a, a whiteboard and quickly writes on it where am I and um, someone in the office grabs a, a little thing and writes something down and holds it up and uh, and so it says in a helicopter and he immediately <laughs> immediately turns 75 degrees to the east and flies straight to the airport and his passenger says how did you do that that was a useless answer and he's like exactly it was functionally correct and completely useless so i knew that was the microsoft building and where the airport was <laughs> but, um... yeah exactly <laughs> but it is like, it's like that you're getting you're getting accurate information that doesn't actually help you understand the race so you know yeah yeah and, and, and i don't want to diss them because it's different styles different styles for different people and it's literally an update every every couple of seconds you know no one can and, but it's but it's kind of like oh you know and there's no race twitter and it's it's like the cement just happens in a vacuum i don't even think there's highlights of it which is a shame because it's a and then then you find out that it was the race was all the the the, the route was changed just that morning so um the race organizers organized a course change in the hours before the race began where they shortened the opening lap and they added an additional local lap yeah I mean, okay, that's not so bad, but it's just like, oh God, do we really have to do this? Are we, are we, are we pro or are we not? So, very wet, very rainy, horrible weather. Um, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was kind of a sub- subdued race, uh, say Bowles Dolmans, and over the first lap, they have a, a group of nine escaping with with Amy Peters and Christine Mayerus um, in the. In, the, in, in, in that front group and es- in that front group and escaping and they have cobbles on the lap there's lots of attack there's lots of attacks um they have side winds there's there's breaks and they end up with um a a group that gets away 
um, from the uh, from the opening lap, which is Amy Peters from Bulls Dolmans, Shayla Gutierrez Ruth from Silence, Tiffany Cromwell from Camp Canyon SRAM, Romy Casper from Ali Cipollini, and Jesse Droitz from Sports Vlanderen Ethics, and they kind of get away. Um, and they got about a minute. Let me let me just. I know we've already cracked several of these jokes, but I just want to point out. So far, we've had three races, and out of three races, there's been a droids at the front in every one of them. Out of three races, there've been a droids in the front. Yeah, I mean, I could have been wrong about them being one in Hargland. I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> but so let's see. So Bowles Dolmans, Silence, uh, Canyon Shram, Ale Chipolini, Ale Sport Flandrin, No Sunweb. No wiggle high five. Yeah, which interesting. Interesting. Which you start thinking, thinking, well, were Wiggle actually there? Yes, Wiggle were actually there. Were Sunweb actually there? Yes, Sunweb were actually there. And this is like this is a this is you know it's it's another it's another interesting it's an interesting thing because that's a lot of and I guess because it's going on an early lap. And it is. It's one of those ones, like, exactly as you say, like, literally uh, eerie in a way, um, that the first thing I did when you note that is double-check to make sure they're actually there. And then yeah. you see that not only are they there, but they, they have sent good riders, strong riders who have been present in races, you know, a couple of days previous, you know, that we know are up to it. And so, you know, I, I choose to look at things like this and go, well, everything's telling us something. You know, and yeah. so it's either telling us about team plans or rider form or rider plans or, you know, but everything's telling us something. So it's yeah. it, to me, it's very notable that those teams are, are not present at this point. Yeah, and I guess it's because they started off with a three-rider break and then Peters and someone else uh, went up to it. Mm. But when you're talking about, you know, say it was Shayla Gu- Gutierrez, Romy Casper and Jesse Droitz, for example. Yep. That's not going to necessarily make you worry too much. No, but at the point you know? that I see Amy Peters and Tiffany Cromwell go for it, I'm like, those, like, like any one of them, and I could probably continue to just keep an eye on it and let it go, both of them, and I, I would, if I were DSing, I'd be like putting my foot down, fucking get someone over there now. Because, yeah. you know, Amy and Tiffany together are the, are the kind of writers that can organize the other writers into a strong group that competes to stay away. But I don't think that they were all. But 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 at the same time, I don't think so. So Bowles were unashamedly talking about Chantal Black as one of the last two years, mm. and they wanted a third win for Chantal Black. Right. And, you know, Chantal's been on the podium. You know, was 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 on the podium at uh, at 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 Het, at Noisblatt. Yeah. So they want it for Chantal Black. Now the riders, when you look at it, Adri Visser won the first year. Ellen Van Dyke won in twenty thirteen. Emma Johansson, twenty fourteen. Black Black. Yeah. Yep. So I so you're looking at that break and going. I think Amy Peters is there for other riders. Right. You look at it and you go, well, I think Romy Casper's there for other riders. But but then they make it. Then they keep. Then they then they kind of get away. Then they kind of keep keep going, and they keep going and they keep going and they keep going, and they're coming into the finish together. I mean, this is this is basically the prisoner's dilemma of of all cycling tactics, really, isn't it? Because, like you say, there's a plausible reason that rider A, B, C may be there for someone else, but there comes a, a theoretical point in the race at which they're no longer there for someone else, and yeah, and judging that right is is the trick, you know? Yeah. So at this point, you think, well, Amy Peters and Tiff Cromwell are the riders who go for it. Mm. But they all start to attack in the final kilometre. 
and it looks like Amy and Amy Peters is on the front, on the front, on the front, on the front. And suddenly it's not because it's Amy Peters and Shayla Gutierrez Ruiz on the front together and Gutierrez out sprints Amy Peters. Wow. Like Now that is unexpected. It, Shayla that, Gutierrez. That is definitely not something I expected us to be saying, particularly in the third race of the classics. Um Wow. What an effort. But Gutierrez, I mean Yeah, like sorry, you Gutierrez is 23, yeah? She's yep. Spanish. She's 23. Her last, her first and only UCI win up to now was the GP de Plumelec in 2015, two years ago, which is, you know, a small Coupe de France race that's not... You know, there's nothing in there that would expect Shailo Gutierrez to win out of that group. And it's... Except for the fact that she's been really good all weekend. She was eighth yeah. in Noiseblad. She was really attacking hard on the climb. She was 54th in Teltwinger in, in Hagerland. But, but, she was, but remember... She was out earlier in that race, though. And, and yeah, active. yeah. Yeah, yeah she's, so... And they said in the... They said in the... Danny Stamm said in the race report, we underestimated her. And Amy Peters said, yeah, we, we underestimated her. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. Well, and look, honestly... <laughs> Honestly, I love that kind of a comment because it, it's like that's a that's a solid compliment. Like that's one of the best compliments I think a, a, a team like Bowles can pay you is to say yeah. we 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 underestimated you, you know. Um, yeah, and we underestimated you. We thought we thought we had it in the bag. Yeah, and and you and, we and, didn't. and you beat us. Like that's the thing. Now, so yeah. this is the thing. The other thing is is remember we talked about silence last year yes. a lot. Yes, they and, had and a, particularly about their their not much to talk about. Yeah, so they had like Shelley Olds had two second places in January in the Santos Women's in the mm. Santos Women's. Um, then they had a third place. Rosella Rato came third on one of the stages of the Macamine Bira, and the next time they had a result was at the end of um, was. Uh, was the 30th of May when Rosella Rasso won Winston Salem cycling classic with Scandalada, her teammate, in second. Yeah. Well, and they I, didn't really. Ha- I think it's fair to say that so far this year is going better for Silence. Well, they didn't have. I mean, Shayla. Shay, then, then they didn't have a UCI. The other UCI results they had last year. Uh, Carmen Small was third overall at the Cascade Cycling Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, she won. A, she won a stage of that and had two second places in America. But that's you know that's not a big race. Um, and that's it. Oh, Doris Schweizer won. The only they had they they had apart from so they had three wins. Ratto in the Winston Salem. Carmen Small in that stage of the Cascade Cycling Classic, and Doris Schweizer won a stage of the Tour de Lardèche. Yep. So all in all, they had a pretty bad debut year, didn't they? They had a they had a pretty bad debut year. Now let's get clash forward to um, twenty seventeen, when so far Kirsten Wild won two stages of the Santos Women's Tour and came second in and came second in a third and was third overall. Uh, Rachele Barbieri was second behind a field in stage two of the Santos Women's Tour. And yeah, now Shayla has won the Samin. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Um, certainly shaping up to be a stronger 2017 for them, and yet another great, um, you know, engaging result um, and exciting race. So uh, Shayla beat Amy Peters uh, for second, two seconds behind them. Tiffany Cromwell brought it in for third uh, for Kenyon Sram, and again, you know, continued some great form from Aussie riders, which was nice to see. Romy Casper was in fourth for Ale Cipollini. Seven and- seconds behind. And then five seconds behind her, Jesse Droitz for Sport Flandern, um, which is, you know, nice for them to get a top five result. That's very cool. Ellen Van Dyke in sixth at 153. That's where the And this the is a small was. group. This is yep. a small group of four. So Ellen Van Dyke brings in the small group of Hannah Barnes, Melga Zlasa-Jasinska, Yannicka Ensing, and Christina Sigard um, from Velo Concepts. And Kiss, oh sorry, Christina Sigard from Bella Concept out sprinting Kirsten Veeld for the next small group, two minutes and eighteen behind. So yeah, <laughs> place. So so another, uh, just another another exciting um, and interesting uh, race result, you know, and and showing yet more variation and depth. I mean, I think this was my hope, and I think you know we definitely talked about this earlier when we were talking about the the impact that transfers were likely to have on the peloton this year. We were both sort of hoping that we would see a little more um, spread in opportunities for different teams and riders within those teams, and and it's certainly looking like we're going to see a bit more of that this year, which is cool. Yeah, I mean it's early yet, but mm. it's uh, it, it is it is early yet. So, but there isn't there hasn't been a dominant team yet yeah. so far, and that's that's you know whereas this time last year, uh, Balls had won two races. Yeah, and the story was already starting to take shape of On two well, classics. Who's, who's, yeah, who's going to beat Balls? Who's going to beat Balls? And and yeah. you know that certainly got cemented you know within the next few races. But yeah, it was. Um, you know, it, it's just interesting, and and I'm excited to see exactly how this plays out over the course of the season. Of course, I'm desperately excited for this weekend, though. Strade Bianchi, mm, mm. the first round of the women's world tour. Um, Strade Bianchi, it, it's not an, it's a, it's a really interesting race because most of the classics they've got a long storied history, and you, you know, you've you've talk about what happened a hundred years ago in Flanders and da 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 da, and it's it's kind of it's it's one of those things where it's oh wow you know but where Strade Banky is new and mm. the women's race this is the third time it's been run yeah but what's so famous for it's super new but it feels like an instant classic because it has everything that the big classics should have which is yeah know, dynamic impressive landscape iconic memorable roads um, variable race conditions challenging. Um, you know, uh, parkour. It, it's it it it's oh, just classic. It just it's is stunningly beautiful. It's in mm. Tuscany, and of course, the key thing about 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 Strade is the is the gravel sections. The first gravel section is at eleven point four kilometers. That's two point one kilometers of gravel. The second was at seventeen kilometers, and that's a gravel climb. Yeah. Yeah. Of two po- of 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 four point seven kilometers, um, you know the third one's at twenty seven kilometers, and it kind of goes like this because and there are some gravel climbs, so the so the yeah. two longest sections are gravelly climbs, but there's also a gravel descent. Yes, and they have the first so the first three gravel sections are within are within the first forty five kilometers. It's out of one hundred twenty seven in total. Then the middle one starts at a kilometer fifty eight. 
Mm. finishing around kilometer 68 i know sorry yes roughly because it's a nine point that's the nine point uh, the nine section lots and lots and lots of little hills yep. the final gravel sections are at 102 kilometers uh roughly i would say 105 kilometer uh, 108 kilometers and then the final little one is at like um kilometer uh one one three yep. so and-, and with gravel yeah, it's technically challenging no matter what the weather's like. Even if it's bone dry, you've got loose gravel, you've got dust clouds. Dust. Um, it's probably easier if it's wet. It, it honestly probably is easier, obviously less comfortable if it's wet, because the dust can be impenetrable in terms of seeing what's going on. Like, it's it's thicker than fog. Um, you know, so it can be astounding in its own right. And then, obviously, you've got all the potential mechanical effects of you know grit and dust in your drivetrain and stuff if it's wet you end up covered in mud and and either way it's slippery it's hard it's challenging particularly that descent that you mentioned you know like this this race is just built to excite and i i just i love it love it love it love it love it my only fear perpetual fear please tell me i can see this live sarah please tell me i can see this of course you can't dan What you can maybe get is there's going to be is there's going to be a 30 minute summary of it after the race on Eurosport. Right. Apparently. Oh, no, it's the 30 minutes. It's it's a 30 minute summary on on Eurosport. Right. Apparently. 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 So, yay. I, I honestly, yeah. I don't have anything more to say than that. I mean, I, I feel like we've made, I've made every rant and argument I ever can about how desperately I need to see these races, and and I need to see this race, and 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 the cycling gods hate me, and I'm upset. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm. So that said. Um, focusing on the race oh, itself. we haven't even talked about the finish though. We haven't talked about the finish because after all those cobble, 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 cobble sections, gravel, which gravel, sorry, gravel, 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 gravel sections, gravel. and all the little hills and all the little climbs and all the little technical descents and all the little technical climbs, it finishes with an uphill sprint, a punchy climb, maximum eighteen percent to get. Sorry, sorry, oh, sorry, it's not eighteen percent. Sorry, it's the it's the final kilometers are uphill in the. Uh, uh, the final kilometers are an uphill finish. Yeah, which and, is and, I mean and, through the beautiful narrow Siena, Siena, Siena. You know the, yeah. the, the streets of alleys, alleys of Siena, which is a world heritage site. It's beautiful. Remember last year, it was um, it was Lizzie Danan, Cassia Newadoma, and. Emma Johansson, yeah. who came to the bottom together, who came to the bottom of that climb together, with Lizzie Armitstead, Lizzie Danan, knowing that that uh, Cassia Neodoma is a better climber than her, mm. so she did that amazing thing where they almost came that, to a that, standstill that near track stand, you know, showdown. Part, you know, about halfway through that final 
ascent to to the finish line. It was stunning tactics. It was just, I mean, that's the thing. This this race, this is why I want to see it so badly all the time. Is is every part of it is built to thrill you. If you if you are even if you have never been a fan of cycling, like this is a race you just show someone to to show them what the sport of cycling, road cycling, is. Like, yeah. oh, it's just, it's it's amazing. All of that said, I mean, what are you thinking in terms of, of who the riders are? Oh, I've, I have no idea. I have no idea. Like at the moment, I mean, obviously Elisa Longo-Borghini was in a good, was in a good, was in a good place for it. But there are riders who we haven't even seen um, go, haven't even seen start. So let's, let's find a start list. It's, uh, it's, it's. It's really, and this is again why I love it because I think Mariana Voss is back yep. for the for the um, for this one, and Mariana's not ridden this one before. Yeah, yeah. So you know, what do you? Oh, I, I, oh and Mariana Voss is on cyclocross form. <laughs> Which, I, as as much as as I might chuckle at that, um, given the nature of the course, the gravel and and the technical requirements of that, you know, isn't isn't the kind of thing that would hold her back at all. And particularly when you see how successful she was in in cyclocross well, this year. So. And you know who else is you know who else is coming out to play for the first time? Lizzie Danan. Yep, indeed, indeed. Megan Gu- So Bowles have Lizzie Danan and who won last year, and Megan Guarnier who won the year before. Which yeah? is which is a hell of a one-two punch to be able to, bring to... hell of a one-two punch yeah but but then look at you know canyon shram have elena Cicchini and alina amielusic and tiffany cromwell and pauline fram yeah yep you know like and ashley mormon's coming out to play for Cervello bigler uh it's it's i mean you know what's going to happen with silence you know is is danny you know will we see someone like yeah, danny king go danny king um go for it you know like like there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really interesting things or- here. Orica Scott have Van Blurten and Spratty, who both yeah. were, you know, have seen are really good. Team Sunweb have got Lucinda Brand, who of course has cyclocross skills, and yep. Noah and Van Dyke. They've actually got a more sprinty iteration, although yeah. it can't be a right thing because they've got Molly Weaver on the start list, and Molly Weaver is very injured at the moment. So let's so that's not yeah, right. We're going to have another look at a different thing there, but. Um, yeah, Wiggle High Five have got Elisa Longo-Borghini. Yeah, and, you know, Georgia writing, according to this. And uh, Claudia Lichtenberg. Yeah, And yeah. WM3 have Mariana Voss. Mm, mm. And Cassie with, um, with some other interesting pocket rockets to help excite the race or control the race as, as may be needed. So I don't think... I mean, to be honest, there is... This year, they're not... Or, or WM3 are not going to be controlling races. They don't have anywhere near the strength and depth of, of riders that they did last year they just don't it's it's like they don't they don't they don't have when you think about last year and having anna van der Bregger and pauline van der Provo and lucinda brand and roxana knateman to go out and do those exciting early attacks they're just yep. not they're not they're nowhere near i mean i know i know no 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 you love lauren kitchen and i love lauren kitchen too but there's a difference between having your lauren kitchens and valentina scandalaras and having your anna van der Breggers and lucinda brands that's a fair point it is a very fair point i just i just and mean so, i just mean that those two riders in particular are other riders that you can rely on for support roles in uh in yeah 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 but they're not yes but they're not they're not both they're not both dolmans like last year they were the second biggest team on the block yep. this year they're not and it's yeah it's it's gonna be 
it's going to be very, 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 very interesting. And yeah, so uh, yes, yeah, so let's have a look at this proper. This is Peter van der Veen's list. And I should always go to them. Interesting that Sunweb seem to be taking a sprinty based or uh, riders because they've got yeah, Leah Kirkman, Corin Rivera, Sabrina Stoltians, who's a cyclocross rider, of course, and Fletcher Mackay. Mm, that is interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, God, look at Wiggle High. Okay, this is a more sensible Wiggle High Five team. Longo Borghini, Giorgio Bronzini for road captain stuff. Audrey yep. Cordon who's Longo Borghini, who rides amazing with, with Longo Borghini. Mayuka Hagiwara, Claudia Lichtenberg, Hausler, and Amy Roberts. Yep. yep. That's that's a nice that's, team. That's it's a nice. very, very solid little team. That's uh... Okay, so what does your heart say? Oh, my heart says the same thing as it did last week. Like, I mean, there can't possibly be anything better than an Italian rider winning Strade. So I have to stay with Elisa. That's what my heart oh, says. I would love Elisa. There's like about three or four riders who I would be genuinely delighted for them to win. I think Elisa uh, is one of them. I think I would possibly take a page out of your book. And if, I, if Elisa won Strade, I might cry. Like, <laughs> but I would also love to see Mariana Voss win it, yeah. just because of her terrible year last year. And equally, you know, I'd love to see Cassie Newadoma win it. Although I think Newadoma has been sick, and I'd love to see Miyuko Hagiwara win it. And you know, there's there's so many riders that there's so many riders I'd love to see do really well on Absolutely. on you know on here. I would love to see Elena Cicchini win it. And I don't think she can. That's not really her course. But you know, if if Pauline Fran-Provo won it, for example, that's her coming back after her terrible, terrible, terrible yeah, year. So absolutely. Um, you know, and 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 again would help build a really interesting um, you know, story for the whole season. It's um there's there's yeah. a lot of different things that could happen. Um so yeah, I I'm Mostly, I'm just excited for the race. It's always a great race. It's always exciting. There's so much that can go on. Um, I just want it. I, 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 you know, like I don't really, you know, this. I don't really get excited for Christmas, um, except for the part where I get home and can start drinking properly um, and and stuff. But I, I am like a kid before Christmas with this race. Oh, it's it's going to be glorious and yeah, yeah a good start to the season and yeah. yeah. Awesome. Cool. So, um, other racing we had, we had the final Track World Cup of the season, which was really disappointing for the Australians because they we, we talked about this before, but the Track World Cups have been done in a slightly odd way this year, where mm. they're in two, you know, there's, there's two races two weeks apart in November and two weeks races two weeks apart in in February. But what it meant was that when the bicycles went missing between Cali, Colombia, and Los Angeles, uh, USA, it meant disaster. Yeah. For some teams, it's... a lot of teams were about were annoyingly affected, but the worst ones were Australia, who didn't get to ride the team pursuit or the team sprint because they the bikes just didn't come in time. Yeah, yeah. Just gutting beyond it's... gutting a bit. It's particularly difficult to to be prepared for racing when you don't have bikes. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I was quite impressed. With Swift are uh, one of those. What, what, how do you describe them? They're, um, a... they're well, they're they're a well, for want of a better term, they're kind of like a, a um, like a cycling social media site really for based around indoor training. So the idea is that you set up your trainer, you can connect it to. 
uh, if you've got a smart trainer, connect it to the internet and connect it to your Zwift account and you can basically ride programs that they've created or other riders have created or that you've created and you can race against each other and and to the point that people do group rides you know so you can all be on the internet talking shit to each other and riding the trainer um and it will it will vary the intensity of of um the the ride to suit the course it's been mapped out and stuff so there's courses programmed around famous climbs and things and all sorts of stuff like that so that's that's whiffed in a nutshell and they've been doing some really, really interesting sales, te- really modern sales techniques. Because you remember last year, Canyon Shram, mm. um, they, they partnered with Canyon Shram and did the Zwift Academy, where they've yeah. had uh, a rider, Leah Thorvalson, has been signed by, to, has ended up being given a contract at Canyon Shram off the back of her Zwift. In. Yeah, they basically used it as a talent identification um, and qualification contest kind of thing. Almost, yeah, and- almost like a reality TV show, but done via the Zwift community. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this this week, because they're in Los Angeles, obviously we've, we're we're slightly close to Silicon Valley, right? Um, <laughs> well, uh, where's Zwift? It's only six hours away, as opposed to the other side of the world. So yeah. Well, anyway, Zwift. I think Zwift's HQ are in LA, and when they heard that the Australian team didn't have bikes to ride and um, they were they were supported by i think the french and the new zealand team helped them out and lent them bikes to race on which is just just really lovely of them you know there's that kind of international camaraderie oh, clearly you've but never swift... borrowed a bike off a kiwi but okay <laughs> but swift um invited them out to their hq and basically got them race got them riding got them riding their programs on their static bikes to be able to do <laughs> some training which is just genius social media marketing it's like it's like i mean it, it's just yeah congratulations with swift do you remember the, a couple of years ago it was the Sufferfest who yeah. were winning the prizes for being the for being the social you know and, and then strava do really really well on yeah. on on winning yeah well on, on... i mean actually those are two great things to to mention because swift is kind of like the combination of strava and Sufferfest. Like if, yeah. you, if you put those two concepts together, you've basically got Swift. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but but Sufferfest do these fantastic uh, programs where you're basically race ra- racing. They use actual race footage yeah. to make the to make to make their programs. So you're From racing famous races, and and, and yeah. quite famously, my favourite Sufferfest story is the the a couple of years ago now when they made a program based on women's races, and then had to go back and make it again to settle it down because it was too intense. Yeah, they were like, we, we, we've never seen anything like this. There's too many attacks. <laughs> too many attacks. No normal person could keep up with it. <laughs> we're like, so, welcome to women's racing. <laughs> yeah. And so you so you end up with like the Sufferfest. Um, they sponsored the Women's World Cup. They had a Sufferfest prize, which they gave to a rider who was, it was a bit dodgy. It wasn't the Sufferfest fault. It was a bit dodgy. It was like a rider who was, um, who, who they decided was most aggressive. And um, it was so it was just decided on like I mean you know we didn't we don't have that much information about some of these races so it was like okay we want a rider who's who we don't think is going to win who we can announce halfway through the race but but we don't we can't call her if we think she's going to win so it was it was a bit you know but it was a nice move you know yeah. it was a nice move it, it was it was it was an odd execution but it was a nice move and then Strava have sponsored the Queen of the Mountains jersey at the Aviva Women's Tour. Mm since it started at yeah. the women's tour since, since it started so you know i'm really it's something about these modern companies that recognize you know what women use social media and, and like, women 
and women ride bikes and yeah. do bike training and want to chat to people where they do bike training you know you know what we'll do we're gonna find some really interesting ways to 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 do stuff that involves women pro cyclists and it's is it is it's very cool to see um even when even when it you know is a slight misfire like you say in terms of execution in some things or whatever it's refreshing just to see people and and businesses trying this stuff you know and and, finding ways to make it work yeah, and you know, and, and it's like there was that brilliant moment in the that, that Strava had in the first Friends Life in the first Women's Tour, the Friends Life Women's Tour, where they made a big deal of how many King of the Mountains were destroyed, oh, because in Strava you can set yourself up on segments, um, yep. so you say this is you know and and race and compete to be King of the Mountains or Queen of the Mountains on each of these seg- on each of these segments, and in the first race the women's tour going through you know you'd have these segments where a couple of mates or a couple of enemies had been had been like fighting two guys had been fighting with each other to be king of the mountains for these segments since since strava began and suddenly they're blown out of the water because mariana voss is your queen <laughs> of the mountains <laughs> and and everything else yeah you know and they have and it's so it's really it's really refreshing seeing modern companies like like these are all new tech they're new tech companies they're not necessarily companies that will last for ages because you know just as garmin is losing its market due to people using map you know mapping devices on their mobile phones so have to change their marketing these aren't things that are necessarily going to be around forever because the thing about social media is that it's changing it's changing continually but they're just they're reaching hey guess what women are sporty (laughs) yep who would have thought who would have thought so it's 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 incredible so yeah um so the the track world cup uh um very disappointing for the australians but um they and and the track world cup was a very short one and they had different things this year so they had the americans won the team pursuit the germans won all the sprint events with christina vogel winning the team sprint the kieran and the sprint and making it look easy she rides with such incredible panache and she is so much fun to watch uh chloe digert in her first world cup chloe digert owen because she got married you may remember she was the won the junior ITT, uh, junior ITT and Road Race World Championships in 2015. She's now married, Chloe Diger-Owen. She won the Individual Pursuit. And Amy Cure and Alex Manley won the Women's Madison. And I am so above, so overjoyed that finally, finally, we get to see Women's Madison in a World Cup and in World Championships. Cool. So, yeah, so that was that. Um, over in America... It was the Chico stage race, which was won by Claire Rose of DNA, DNA Cycling with yep. Lindsay Bayer uh, of, of Hagens Berman second and Leah Thomas of Team 2020 in third. That's a, a local, you know, a local race, a four stage, four stage race. Um, DNA Cycling, which uh, Claire Rose won, also won the best small kit team vote yes. <laughs> yes, ahead indeed. of. Ahead of the South, the, 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 the South American team, Weber Shimano, Ladies Power in second, and um, very, 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 very small Dutch team, Groningen based, NWVG U Plus came in in third with Bianchi Dammer in fourth. So congratulations. There's some amazing kits in that, and thank you to everyone who got involved in that. Cool. 
And um, in terms of other news from around the place, a uh, little disappointing to hear that the Route de France is almost certainly not going ahead this year. Yeah, the Route de France isn't going ahead. And they uh, there's two things going on here. First of all, they wanted to be a world tour race, which I don't think they would have had the chance to be. Then just not good enough race. But they said, oh, we could, it's so unfair. We couldn't be a world tour race because we handed in our application late. Yeah, and see, that's what I find hard about it is I get there, I, I do genuinely understand their argument about the calendar being inconsistent and, and you know, being upset that the UCI didn't, you know, um, necessarily work with them to try and sort that out once they had made that application. But I kind of feel like, you know, there's a clear deadline to get your application in by, like, fucking yeah, I mean, your it's application difficult in. It's, it's difficult because a lot of the French races, I mean, we lose French races all the time, and sometimes, I mean, the thing is with the French races, they're not necessarily the most pro races. You have GP Plouet, which absolutely is, and La Course, which is La Course, of course, and then the rest of the races aren't necessarily run by pros, they're run by small groups of organisers, and they don't seem to be supported at all by the French Cycling Federation, like, at all, at all, at all, at all. Um, and so basically the Route de France's problem was that the race they put in, their date, clashes with the European Road Championships and the Crescent Vagorda World, World Tour. Tour races, which yeah. moved back to make the World Tour. Now, one of the things that's really difficult for race organisers is they don't, and Turing and Runafart has this all the time, is they just literally don't know what's going to happen with the UCI calendar. Yeah? Yep. They've got no idea who's moving. And the UCI doesn't seem to tell people about it until yeah. it's too late. Yeah. So you have a race which you want to run. I don't think there's a problem with clashes. Yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say is I understand the argument. And I have a certain amount of sympathy for it. But at the end of the day, I don't, I don't mind that there are clashes. And the calendar, you know, as it grows, and let me be very clear, we would like it to grow. Um, that requires more diversity of racing and it requires yeah. teams sending different sets of riders, i.e. different teams, to different races. But and you need ra that's yeah, a good thing. We, we need races for development riders. Yeah. Like at the moment at the moment we don't you know, this is now the Route de France has never been an A list race. And I want to make that clear too, because mm. it's that when you read some of the articles about it and the way some people are talking about it, they're talking about it as if, oh my God, it's it's like this amazing, amazing, amazing race. But it's not yeah. it's not a, it's not the kind of race where you send your A where, where, where you send your A team. It's just not. And it's it's di and that and it's ne and it never never has been and I think that's it, it's hard because it's a long race it's one of the very few races that's over seven day that's over seven days um, it's it was an eight day an eight day race which is very important but I mean last year stages won by Amy Peters Eugenia Bujak Roxanne Fournier Chloe Hosking Amber Naden Amber Naden again Eugenia Bujak again Roxanne Fournier again and Amber Naden yeah. yeah. It's it won what 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 won the overall, and of course Chloe Hosking and Amy Peters are big name riders, but Elisa Longo Borghini won it in 2015, Claudia Hausler won it in 2014, Linda Willemsen in 2013. I mean, in 2013 it had Willemsen, Johansson, and Evelyn Stevens on the podium, which is not nothing, you know. Yeah. But it's in the last couple of years, it's not been, it's not the race because of when it is in the year, it's not the race, it's. It's not the race that you're going to see 
the big name right the, the biggest you know it's not going it's not the giro it's not the women's tour it's not the bowls rentals ladies tour it's it's a late summer race and it's yeah it's i i i'm gutted that it's gone of course i am but i and i'm and what i'm really gutted about is is the fact that it's gone because it's clashing with these races now i do find it's a little bit weird that the answer is we're just going rather than trying to find a different spot on the calendar yeah it is shitty that the uci doesn't do any kind of you know maybe you know, make, they, they announced the calendar very late. If I were the UCI, I'd have an early deadline for people who want to be in the world tour, and I'd sort that out. And then I'd send that out to other races and say, hey, this is where the world tour is, just so you know. But the UCI hasn't been doing what it should be doing, which is helping coordinate the calendar. You yeah. know, it's almost like it's almost like you should have a early spot where you can say, um, this is where I'm planning to have my race. Is, yep. there, is there likely to be any clashes? Yeah, exactly. there are always going to be, there's always going to be some clashes. Do that, do that absolutely crazy, crazy thing of, you know, look at the races that were on this year and when they were on, and and then the races that you want to put on next year and see if they're close to the same time. Well, no, but the thing is, is, is it's not. I mean, the thing is, is if Route de France did that, they no, no, didn't no, sorry, know. I'm not, they... suggesting, I'm not suggesting Route de France does that. I'm suggesting UCI does that. Like that's the thing. Like they're the if they if you're going to control the calendar, it doesn't just mean that you just get to write it for with no consideration to to when things are traditionally on well this is this is what i mean like if you kind of if you have a i don't buy into the race so the uci puts out the women's calendar at world championships time so this year which was in october now i don't buy that they have to put it out so late and i don't buy that you know i think that they should be you know a race should be much earlier and they you know it, there's, it seems a little bit inconceivable that a race would only decide its dates you know, in in the summer, so yeah. it can just it can kind of get itself together, and and they can have a provisional calendar, which is all about this is what we think is going to happen. Right, we'll just we'll send we'll send that out, and then ra- races have got some time to kind of rearrange and see if they can rearrange, see if they can't rearrange. The UCI could do some um, should be doing some uh, uh, what's the word for it negotiations. So actually, yeah, look, we we really want this. You know, so poor Turingen, okay. They, they they obviously they were asked by the UCI to move, but that seems like an unusual an unusual situation because it doesn't seem to happen to everyone, um, and it's not always racist fault because the uh, the Aviva Women's Tour wanted a different fought, wanted to be on a different week this year, but British Cycling wouldn't let them have their date spot that they wanted in the first place, for example. So yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a really long way. Of, I'll probably write about this this week, but it's you know. <sighs> it's not difficult i've i've you know you you coordinate Uh, it's just exhausting there's a lot of things with this week which i'm quite tired by and i'm tired by the fact that there's no coordination of the calendar i'm tired by the fact the parasiting track world champ starts this week and as we've talked about before they only had eight weeks notice i'm tired by the fact there's still no coordination of the calendar within the uci you know Uh, it's just it's just it's just uh, i'm tired by races that don't can't do the bare minimum of of race promo you know it's just you get this existential angst about cycling like literally is it ever going to change what can we do to make it change probably nothing it's probably always going to be like that so well then i guess perhaps best not to dwell yeah glass half full and all that glass half full Mm. um 
congratulations to um, Eric and Sean who won the who won the bike science fiction uh, books that I bought um, that, I, that I brought them. Um, congratulations! Congratulations to you two, and congratulations to Chad. And I'm sorry I've completely forgotten your name. Who got your copies of the uh, Adventure Syndicates um, dot to dot? Uh, join the dots awesome. uh, book by uh, the amazing Lee Craigie of her of her rides so I'm really happy to be able to give out presents to people this week thank you very much um, to everyone who supports me on Patreon because you enable me to do that sort of thing indeed and if you too would like to contribute go to patreon.com slash women's cycling where you can help support Sarah with all of her uh, efforts and of course you can uh, hit us up on our website ProWomenCycling.com where you can find out how to follow Strada Bianchi and which I'll put up later today and the tra- the Paracycling Track World Championships which start this week and I'm very excited for um, and see the see all the videos from Hagerland and uh, Hetnoisblad and find yeah. out how to follow the other races all the usual stuff and various other great things in cycling that we've missed talking about this week because as always we've gone over <laughs> our hour. And indeed, if you would like to talk to us about anything, but in particular, if you'd like to hang out while Strato Bianchi is on, um, you can talk to Sarah at. No, I'm not. I'm going to be in. I'm going to be in. Oh, I'm going to be in Oxford. Away. Okay, well, not. I'm going to be in Oxford at well, the at the fantastic Women and Bicycles Weekend, put on by the Broken Spokes Co-op and also by the Adventure Syndicate. So sorry. Awesome. Well, no, that's great. But anyway, in the meantime, if you want to get to Sarah on Twitter at PW Cycling, uh, me PW Cycling at Dan W Official, and uh, thank you for hanging out. We will catch up with you again next week. We will be talking all about gravel and white uh, roads and dust uh, and possibly mud and happiness. Oh, it's going to be amazing. Mm. Bye. Bye.